0: Hi, and welcome to Today in the Medium. I'm Dan, this is Jimmy. Hello. And this is a very special Christmas episode of the podcast, where instead of a guest, we're just going to ask each other about our favorite ever pieces of Christmas media of all time this year.
1: Yeah, you know, that could be a joke from a Christmas cracker. That could be your favorite Christmas carol. Hell, that could be even your favourite John Lewis advert, you know, because those are very heartfelt this time of year. They really are. We're not here with anyone today
0: because this is our Christmas episode and Christmas is about getting together with your friends and family, so we have decided to do the exact opposite of that.
1: Thank you, Dan. I really like you too.
0: I, I, I didn't mean it like that. You know I that. <laughs> <mean.
1: laughs> <laughs> i get i get exactly what you mean you know it's all good this it's it's that's what christmas is all about you know call us the grinch
0: so go on favorite john lewis advert
1: i'd say i don't even think it's a john lewis advert i'm not gonna lie but it's the one uh, from a few years ago now where um they're performing um get what you give don't wake up you got a reason to live nah, nah, nah. anyway they do a whole school production of it and there's this one kid that's dressed up like a plug Right. And it goes and like absolutely yeets itself into like a plug socket on a wall and it's genuine it brings tears to my eye. I think it was Sainsbury's maybe? Wow. From like a couple of years I ago. I'll find it for you after. No this. memory
0: of that
1: advert. You are missing out, honestly. Like uh I hope you've seen it as well, viewers. If you've not, then then just I'm pretty sure if you search for um Christmas advert plug boy, something would come up. <laughs>
0: I actually always end my Google searches with "Google <laughs>
1: <point. laughs> Boy." It's
0: my nickname for Google.
1: <laughs> oh God, you Google have got a very interesting relationship, you know. <laughs> so, uh,
0: Jimmy, what is your favourite Christmas film?
1: Uh, my my favourite Christmas film is uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Now we're talking, obviously. The one with Jim Carrey, like the live action one, as opposed to the 19, I think it was like 66, like comic thing, which was obviously good. But like, there's just something about the way that Jim Carrey performs in it that just really does it for me, you know? Like he's-
0: He's incredible. I love, you can see videos of him occasionally like pulling the face. And I don't think people realize how much of that like is just Jim Carrey's ability to pull faces. Like the Grinch's weird looking face is Jim Carrey pulling a face like
1: (laughs) yeah I genuinely it's I mean the thing is you see it as well in um what was the film where he said I think it's called like liar liar or there's yes man as well just Ace Ventura you can look at any of his films and uh, there's a point where he'll be pulling some weird wacky face and that is just like a very Jim Carrey trait isn't it you know I think I genuinely rate him as an actor
0: it's very impressive like as a comic actor incredible
1: what I find crazy is the fact that it was genuinely like the amount of time that he spent up in the makeup chair getting like in and out of the um of the Grinch costume and obviously cosmetics and all that fun stuff so he spent 92 days getting into and out of Grinch makeup
0: wow that's
1: yeah so it was two hours in the morning one hour in the evening you know wow yeah uh it's it's I'd like to say dedication to the role.
0: Uh, yeah that's that's real commitment
1: you know i I, it it really is and i think one of my favorite facts that i've i've learned from just obviously liking the film and things like that and doing a bit of like you know research on it after watching it and all that fun stuff is that he got he genuinely hated the feeling of the latex suit right on his like on his skin and stuff and it he felt like it confined him and it made him feel so uncomfortable that he went and got counseling from a CIA agent who taught him torture resistance techniques. It was that bad. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think I've ever needed torture resistance techniques for anything in my life. But Jim Kerry in that latex suit, they did not agree.
0: That is yeah. genuinely insane. Um, <laughs>
1: it's genuinely a CIA agent.
0: <laughs> that's that's mad. But I, I mean, you know, they, they say actors give a lot to their roles. There's all those stories of, like, Leonardo DiCaprio breaking the glass in... Uh, is it in Django Unchained, where he breaks the glass? And-
1: I think it is Django, where he smashes the glass and then it crumples in his hand. There's, like, a disgust look on the... um I can't remember which actor it is that's opposing him at that point in time. But they yeah. genuinely look slightly horrified. And it's because of the fact that they've just, like, seen Leonardo DiCaprio just... Genuinely like, crushed-
0: slice his hand open with this glass that wasn't supposed to do that yeah and, and power continue. through the scene
1: <laughs> yeah exactly like i that is baffling but i guess it's that like method acting is it method acting i don't know maybe it's just commitment to the role yeah it's,
0: some of it's a lot is insane
1: yeah but. oh gosh so dad what about yourself what would you say your favorite piece of uh christmas media ever this year would be
0: oh it's tough uh films wise it's gotta be elf like
1: oh incredible
0: goodness. film it's a fairly early role for will ferrell it's an early director thing from Jon favreau who like basically started the mcu with iron man you know yeah like, yep. th- there's some real talent in the film and it's just there's so much like love that went into that film. Uh, so many like little details scattered in. I, I genuinely love it.
1: Yeah. can well, give us some. Give, what's your what's your favorite bits of details from that?
0: So there's especially in the first section of the film. Uh, it obviously takes place at the North Pole, and uh, Will Ferrell as Buddy the Elf is a human-sized elf going around the North Pole. Yeah. And just. As you watch, there's so many tiny things that are sort of what's going on with elves. So, like, in their break room, instead of a pot of coffee, they've just got syrup that they drink. Which <laughs> has continued throughout the film with Buddy's, like, love of syrup and stuff.
1: I, when I was younger, I, um, I took inspiration from... Um... From from Elf and decided that I was going to try and start cooking my own meals. Uh, obviously, the difference being that I was very young. I say very young. I think I must have been twelve. Um, yeah, I wasn't actually that young. But I thought, you know, what's a great idea? I'm going to make noodles and chocolate syrup. Ooh! Um, it oh. it was about as amazing as you'd expect, which was not very good.
0: <laughs> I, I genuinely want to try it, but
1: <laughs> I reckon it's almost as good as Bailey's on cereal. You know.
0: Bailey's on Smarties <laughs> Bailey's on
1: Smarties That was it, even better
0: <laughs> Yeah um, I've made some interesting food decisions viewers uh, <laughs> Bailey's on Smarties tastes delicious for the first mouthful or two at which point you have consumed a week's worth of calories like, <laughs> We'll leave it at that um, So yeah One of my favourite weird bits about Elf is yep. I genuinely think that Buddy the Elf is the evil twin of the dad from the Lego movie.
1: Right, I saw your notes from from the for for the for this episode and I was genuinely curious as to what you meant on this. I've not seen the Lego movie in a while. But
0: so in the Lego movie, the yeah. dad is also portrayed by Will Ferrell, okay? Yeah.
1: Mhm.
0: Both characters have this, like, insane skill at building things, at building models, like the Lego movie Dads built this whole city, he's devoted so much time to, like, a children's child's pursuit. Yeah. And Buddy also devotes his life to sort of childish pursuits. But Buddy does so in this, like, fun-loving way, he wants to share that joy with children, like... I kind of feel like, you know, if Buddy built this giant Lego city and a kid started destroying it, if he thought the kid was having fun destroying it, he'd join in. He'd be laughing along. He'd have a great time. Whereas the Lego movie dad has taken these childish pursuits and sort of pushed away all the childishness. He he doesn't want it to be childish because he's an adult. He's not there to have fun. Like, that's the whole point in the film. It's no longer about fun for him. It's almost about control. I yes. think they've both taken like these adults with childish loves and pushed in the opposite directions. I think that they are evil twins.
1: I Right. You know what? I'm not even going to contest this argument. Genuinely. I think that that is a very solid point to make. I think, I think I, it's a great example, isn't it? Of what would happen if you took the same thing and then did the opposite with it, right? Yeah, there's a lot of
0: It genuinely happens, like, in life, you'll find people with hobbies, especially ones that maybe they're taught to be a little bit ashamed of through bullying or whatever, and people either take it and embrace the fact that that's them and that's something they enjoy, and you get that sort of buddy route of, yeah, you're a bit of an oddball, but people like you, and you make people's days better, Yeah. or you get people who get sort of bitter and defensive about it. And and you end up with the dad from the Lego Movie, who spoiler alert, is the bad guy.
1: <laughs> what? Nah, I never knew that.
0: <laughs> so yeah, that's that's my hot take on Elf, uh, uh, an old, <laughs> a fairly old film at this point.
1: <laughs> I didn't know that was a fairly hot take. You know, I think it started to melt the ice just a smidge. <laughs>
0: So yeah that's I think that's probably my favorite Christmas film but favorite Christmas media of all time has to be the book and also mini My favorite Christmas film of all her time has to be the book and also mini series Hogfather uh, by Terry Pratchett
1: Okay I see I've I've not actually watched Hogfather all the way through just yet um well, can you tell me a little bit about it? Go on. So, Discworld
0: is this series of books. There's forty-one of them. The first one came out in like 1983. Yeah. Uh, forty-one books. Various sort of plot lines carrying through them. So you can like because there's different sort of main characters for different books. You can just follow the characters you want if that's what you want. But there's also a lot of sort of books that are almost standalone. Um, it's genuinely, I think, one of my favorite, my probably my absolute favorite book series. It's a wonderful mix of sort of fantasy, comedy, uh, sort of satire. It addresses real world issues. But in Hogfather, it's... It's, it's the Christmas special of a book series, which sounds weird, but right. there's 40 books in this series. The average series of an American sitcom has, like, what, 20-odd episodes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you expect that to include a Christmas episode, probably also a Thanksgiving episode. You know, you expect, like, a lot of filler. In a 40-book yeah, series, it seems weird that there's a Christmas book, but I love that there is.
1: But no, like like you said, I think the fact that they've even made it to like a forty book benchmark is genuinely insane. Yeah. Like, like you said, from the eighties. Uh, when did so? Like, this has been going on for what thirty five years? Because obviously, sadly, Terry Pratchett's uh, passed away, hasn't he? But uh...
0: yeah, so thirty two years, forty one books. Uh, Color of Magic was nineteen eighty three, and The Shepherd's Crown, book forty one, came out in twenty fifteen.
1: That's more than a book a year. Yeah, that's I, I. Oh, I tried to write a book one time, and just is it's, it's, it's uh, I'm not Terry Pratchett, you know. That's crazy. That uh, wow. And I, I mean, you've got to be in awe of something like that, don't you? Realistically, to yeah. keep up that level of drive and motivation over that length of time.
0: It's I, I love the series, and um, what I really love, uh, I, I love the fact that there's a Christmas film, a, a Christmas book, which you know also has a film. I love that it sort of takes place in the same world, it does the silly stuff, but it also is absolutely sort of in keeping with the series, and I just think that it's incredible that in a book with, like, the plot is, like, a, a an assassin called Mr... Tiatima, Mr. Tea Time, but Mr. Tea Time. <laughs> yeah. You can't call him that, but uh that's his name. <laughs> uh like trying to kill Santa. Like that's the plot line, and it has just such incredible lines in it. There's this uh, whole scene where Susan, Death's granddaughter, is talking to Death about like beliefs and lies, and she's like. Why, why do humans need these fantasies? Why do we need Tooth Fairies and Hog Fathers and the, the equivalent of the Easter Bunny? Um, that sort of thing. Why do we need them? And Death's just like, you need them as practice. You have to start out learning to believe the little lies. What, what are the big lies? Justice? Mercy? Duty?
1: Oh... I mean,
0: Take the universe and grind it down, grind it down to the finest powder, and sieve it through the finest sieve, and then show me one atom of justice, one molecule of mercy, and yet, yet you act as if there is some ideal order in the world, as if there is some rightness in the universe by which it may be judged. Y- yeah, but people have got to believe that, or well, what's the point? And death's just like that's exactly what I mean. That they're ideals. They're things that we believe in, and they're absolutely important for people to believe in. But that doesn't mean that physically they exist. We just have to believe in these things in order to have a point to our existence, you know?
1: Uh, yeah, um,
0: exactly. That is a really strong point from a book where one of the characters is Bilious, the, oh god, of hangovers (laughs) (laughs) like it's 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 just incredible i love it
1: it seems like such a contrast you know and i think again this goes to show the depth of writing that terry pratchett was capable of right in the sense that in one hand he's got this it's such a philosophical almost conversation between uh susan and death right and then on the yeah. other hand there's there is somebody like bilius that just exists and is like yeah i'm just the god of hangover oh the oh it's, god of it's, hang-overs, just right? such,
0: it's a, almost a throwaway joke about people waking up and going oh god
1: exactly but it works and i again like there's such a like i said a philosophical quote like it's just yeah. it's it's one of those that you can definitely break down there are there are The potential for english lit pieces and gcses to be done on this in 10 15 years time you know what i mean
0: i i genuinely would would love to see some pratchett up there i think there's a lot of value in a fantasy series that so explicitly sort of deals with real world issues um yeah and so explicitly sort of states what he believes is right, whilst also maintaining uh, an incredible level of humour and also a plotline that isn't sort of always based around it.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: It, it's still its own plotline, it's still something you can follow for the characters, and perhaps the characters discover sort of Terry Pratchett's view on these big issues, but I, ju- I just think it's very... Um, Really valuable as a book series, and I, I I love the series.
1: it's great. You know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give it. Is it something that I'd need to read all no, forty something installments of? No, you do we'll not need to me? read
0: all forty one books in Discworld <laughs> to read them. In fact, most people recommend that you skip the first three entirely, uh, and then basically you can pick the ones that sound interesting to you. So, like, nice if you like fantasy film uh fantasy novels that are about sort of weird magic and the truths of the universe then there's a whole series of books where death's the protagonist and it's sort of how death interacts with the humans that it goes to take the um lives from there's a series that's just like the city watch in in the big city sort of it deals with a lot more social issues there's a series about witches out in these uh villages which again, can deal with a lot of social issues on a sort of more personal level and is also very much about sort of empowerment and how people can believe in themselves and believe in what they do and how that can help the people around them. Um,
1: It sounds like there's a little bit of I was going to say, it sounds like there's a little bit of something for everybody, you know?
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. I I just really rate it as a series, honestly.
1: <laughs> hey, listener, just just go check out Discworld. Just see, just see if there's something that you know piques your interest. Give it a read. You know why not? Try something new this Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> but no, definitely that's something I'm going to check out at some point. I need to start reading more. So, uh, that's that's what I think I'll do. I'll find some books in the Discworld series. So yeah,
0: I uh, I really love the Discworld series. Um, what jimmy would you pick sort of christmas wise if it wasn't for christmas films
1: ah okay right i think one of the big parts of christmas is you've got to talk about christmas songs surely you know like they are a staple of christmas time you cannot get through a 20 minute shop in a supermarket without hearing a rendition of you know all i want for christmas is You." Or last Christmas, right?
0: I, I love Christmas songs. Uh, I distinctly remember sort of every year whilst I still lived with my parents on the 1st of December. My parents had always aimed to put up the tree like a week or two in. 1st yeah. of December, we would find the tree, we would get it out, we would get the worst Christmas CD we could find playing on full blast, and we would just go for it. And it didn't matter. It was December at that point. It was allowed. You can't complain. Yeah. Uh, you know? There's a is Christmas... real joy to your parents walking in and being like, What is going on? Whilst like <laughs> Mary's Boy Child's blasting <laughs> Mary's <laughs> Boy Child <laughs> a is a
1: pop. It is. <laughs> a genuinely great Christmas song. Mm. And possibly 100%. I think an underrated one. I'd say so, you know. Like if you think about like I wouldn't I I think if you... It's not top 10 played, surely. There's no way it is. No shot that it's a top 10 played Christmas song. But it is a great song. Yeah. It's...
0: I, I, I really rate it. And there's, there are some excellent Christmas songs out there. Um, I really like, and I know a lot of people don't, but I genuinely really like Last Christmas.
1: <laughs> yeah. See, right. I've, I've got... St- I wouldn't say strong feeling. I've basically tried to avoid it. Have you ever heard of Wamageddon? I have. Um,
0: I don't believe in any challenge that forces you to stop <laughs> enjoying the the joys of bad Christmas music. But to be fair, I have never worked like in a shop or somewhere like that where I've had the music sort of dictated for me and been forced to listen to it on loop. So I understand yeah. in that circumstance why you might want to avoid wham once you've left work
1: like, oh yeah d- i get definitely. that
0: but in almost every other situation it is just people who are fed up and don't want to be happy <laughs>
1: <laughs> so just for the uh, just for the listeners obviously that might not know quite what Wamageddon is uh the goal of it is that you've got to avoid listening to wham's christmas classic last christmas for as long as possible throughout december starts at midnight december 1st Goes through until the 24th of December. Um, the moment that you kind of, you know, hear Last Christmas, recognize Last Christmas is a song that's playing, uh, you've lost and you've been sent to, as I like to call it, Wham You know? I think there's a lot of bad puns that come with it.
0: Oh, there are some incredible bad puns. I really like Whambush, which is... Wambush uh, ...tricking someone by sneaking Wham onto, like, a playlist or something when you know they're going for the... Uh whamageddon challenge
1: i guess it's a bit like a Rickroll, then right but like a subversive yeah. rick roll
0: well it's a
1: <laughs> the wham yeah yeah exactly <laughs> as i think uh, probably my worst attempt at whamageddon uh, i lasted three days and essentially what had happened was i made i've got a place plis- a uh, christmas playlist on my spotify and yeah. where i used to work i used to be in charge of music uh, obviously, I did Wamageddon like, the, the Christmas before this one. And throughout it, I didn't have Last Christmas on the playlist. Then as soon wow. as I lost the challenge, I put Last Christmas on the playlist.
0: Nice. <laughs> it gets
1: to the year afterwards, and I forget to check the playlist. Oh, no. So I straight up just... Wham- I sent myself to Whamageddon. You
0: pushed yourself.
1: <laughs> I whamaged myself, like, a year in the future. Like I, I was ready for that operation, you know? But it was genuinely the worst I've ever done. I think it, was, like I say, it was about two, three days or something like that tops. I genuinely, might have been the first day. Heartbreaking stuff. Uh, but then, obviously, I went on a I went on a mission then, uh, sending as many people as I could. I went on a on a bit of a, a killing spree of you know, one bushing I mean, people.
0: A lot of the rule sort of versions of it are like, yeah, don't play it against each other it's it's a survival game not a battle royale is the phrasing that they use on the website yeah but i i do think that you know if you're gonna do it just do it
1: Well, you've got to let people like enjoy the song you know it's actually a very good song i think there's so many great christmas songs out there and um,
0: so many people are so determined to like not like things so yeah. there's there's versions of it there's pogue rolling with um pogue's pogue fairy tale of new york there's, right. Apocary careyps Apocaryps? Apoc uh, with Mariah Carey's uh, All I Want for Christmas is You. Yeah. There's, uh apparently in New Zealand it's often done with Snoopy's Christmas. There's a New little Christmas. drummer boy challenge. Like these are all great songs, and I don't feel like you should be forcing yourself not to listen to them for <laughs> the point of a nonsense challenge, right? I'd, as somebody that
1: lives for the content, I feel like you've got to do these nonsense challenges because this is what makes life entertaining. I love the good Facebook post that I have to do afterwards. Yeah. They, they they make it.
0: So living for the challenge, I did see on the Wikipedia page for Whamageddon. Some people play Wham Hunter, which okay. is, as long as you organically listen to it, you get a point every time and you just keep track of your points. So you can't like sit down and be like, I am putting this on just to get a point. But yeah. if it's in your Christmas playlist and you put your Christmas playlist on and then it plays, that's a point. If it's on the radio, that's a point. If it's in the shop, that's a point. I, I the- think there's obviously some grey area there. Like, you know, <laughs> if you're specifically watching a Wham! documentary or something, is that organic? Are you forcing yourself? It's, I mean, the thing—it's a little weird, but I, I like celebrating it. It's a great Christmas song. Yeah, let's enjoy ourselves. Let's. Yes, I love this song. I'm going to dance along and give myself a point.
1: That's. I. I appreciate that. I think I might try that next year. We'll see how I'm feeling. It depends if I'm in like a in a Grinchy mood or if I'm in more of like a you know uh, a Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas Is You mood. You know yeah
0: i get it i get it uh so favorite christmas number
1: one. Oh god right i can tell you what it definitely isn't but i feel like well i'll, I'll address that one in a minute or two uh favorite christmas number one right Well, okay fun fact last christmas has not been a uk number one which i'm genuinely wow. surprised by i know that's, I,
0: that's
1: a, yeah i had to take some time to google that one before because i was like surely it's been a number one but apparently not uh, I I quite like "Merry Christmas, Everyone" by the Shakin' Stevens.
0: It's good. It's
1: good. It's a good choice. It's a solid choice. I'm trying to maybe rack my brain for something. I'll stay another day. E17. Yeah, uh, the classic. Go on. What about yourself, Dan?
0: <laughs> well, you know what my music tastes like, Jimmy.
1: <laughs> oh no, no. I, I really enjoy
0: more than I think listening to almost any music. I really enjoy that moment when I get control of the playlist, or my song comes on, and everyone in the room turns to me and groans. So, when it comes to favourite Christmas number ones, I am pulling out the Bob the Builder one, I'm pulling out Mr. Blobby, like, I I love them. I I love the fact that once a year, the UK public gets together and goes, look, we don't agree on much, but what we do agree <laughs> on is that Christmas is the time of year when number one in the charts should be a song that absolutely sucks.
1: You know? I 100% agree with you. Um, as an example of this, back in 2003, do you know what was what was number one? Go on. It was Mad World, which, if I, you know... <laughs> There's a lot that happened in 2003, mainly for myself. It was that my brother was born, which is why I feel like it was such a bad year and we all felt like Mad World deserved to be in there. Uh, Like you said, 2000, we had Bob the Builder. 1993, we had Mr. Blobby. I feel like Mr. Blobby was the start of the UK starting to take the piss with its Christmas number ones. You know what I mean? I, I just
0: possibly have not done the research. I think it's definitely <laughs> an example of the UK taking the piss with Christmas number ones. Yeah, but I I wouldn't I wouldn't be confident enough to say it is without without a serious research session. You know,
1: understandable. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. So, you know, we we we've had some kind of jokey number ones over the years, like we've just said. You know, we've had Bob the Builder. We have Mad World in two thousand and three. We've had Mister Blobby in nineteen ninety three. Now, I, have you listened to it recently?
0: I have, you know? I was listening to it just earlier today for some
1: reason. <laughs> I wonder why. Right, that's... I don't know what went wrong with him, but, and I'm convinced that Mr. Blobby is a cult leader, and I don't think you can do anything to change my mind. Right, if you've not listened to the 1993 Mr. Blobby song, that was Christmas number one in the UK, please, um... No I, I no wouldn't no say listener. do
0: you- don't just listen. Go watch the music video. Um, <laughs> what you need to do is you need to find a group of people who aren't as prepared as you are from listening to this. Yes. No matter who they are. Possibly not anyone you want to have to explain Mr. Blobby to. But, you know, it's...
1: I'd argue it works best with non-British people, so if you've got any non-British friends, send it to them. Just get go them for it. A-
0: get them together. If it's safe for you to do so. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, watch the Mr. Blobby Christmas Number One music video. It is, I think, one of the greatest things that Noel Edmonds has ever created.
1: Now. Uh, I took I took a bit of time to go through the comment section on that YouTube video because that's genuinely one of my favourite things to do with my spare time uh, because mm. it's a genuine dumpster fire, right? Now I've just pulled path. I've just pulled a snippet here of 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 my favourite comments that I came across for the Mr Blobby video.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So this is a quote here: "His philosophy of life will steer him through." Is a very true thing. Who needs, I think, therefore I am, when Blobby 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 tells us so much more about the human condition? (laughs) Iconic, beautiful, genuinely, I appreciated that one so much. Another one of the quotes that came through was, I had a vivid nightmare where this became the national anthem and the UK renamed itself officially to Blobbyland.
0: I had a real moment when I was watching the <laughs> music video, there's a moment where a bunch of kids come down the stairs win- waving their hands in sync above their heads. Um, yeah. Blah with Mr. Blah And I had a f- sort of weird flashback to that scene in every American film where all the kids sort of in sync have to, <laughs> to stand up and <laughs> pledge allegiance to the flag. <laughs> It really felt like the same vibe,
1: you know? Right, so you know when I said that Mr. Blobby sounds like a cult leader, this is exactly the type of stuff that I meant. Yeah. 100%. Like, as well, in the music video, they put his voice lower than it was in the TV show, so that he sounds genuinely more demonic. And I don't know what the stylistic choice was behind this, but it's genuinely haunting, right? (laughs) I just love it. <laughs> and that brings me on to my final quote from the comment section, okay? Go on. Which says, showing this to non Brits and watching their absolute uncomprehending horror, like they've just witnessed the Eldritch truth. And to be honest, I'm not sure that they haven't. Is one it. of my favourite pastimes. Exactly. What a great thing to be able to share with somebody is hey, maybe this unlocks the secrets of the universe, and we'll never know.
0: I mean, uh, y- you can look into, like, facts about Mr. Blobby for days, and there's so much gold. The man who wore the suit, a uh, classically trained Shakespearean actor.
1: <laughs> no! No! oh, uh,
0: He appeared in a number of, I think, three different British theme parks. All three I'm... of which failed to outlive the 90s
1: of gee i wonder why right (laughs) so i used to genuinely and i still my little like it's still on my like dating profiles at the moment that i am scared of mr blobby and this is the reason what like mr blobby is an acid trip personified
0: i i love him i I, I love everything about him i love horrifying terrifying
1: um who, who 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 approved this as an idea who sat down one? you know what kids need to see? This guy. If you've not seen Mr. Bobby, please just do yourself a favour and Google him. It. I, I don't know what it is. I it's just, uh,
0: he's incredible. He's, he's everything that the UK needs. Um.
1: <laughs> you can say that again despairing <laughs> horror, escape from normality.
0: If you've never seen Mr. Blobby, apparently he's currently in the Chrysalis Theatre in Milton Keynes. Uh, <laughs> <five>. <laughs> he's oh no. Until the 2nd of January 2022, so <laughs> let Just cracking. a bit of time. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy, road trip?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know what, I feel like I need a bit of um, exposure therapy to, to try and rid myself of this. Let's go for it. We'll vlog it. I'll tell you what. If we get, if, if, I don't know, a hundred views on this episode, and we'll do it.
0: Yeah. hundred views. Make it happen, viewers. Yeah. Listeners.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't have anything else to say about Mr. Blobby because of the fact that he's just. He's just horrifying. It hurts my soul being around him.
0: I. I just, you know, he made it to number 1 in the UK charts. And that's a big deal. Yeah. And I told
1: it. I think you say this, right? Do you know who's been number 1 for the past 3 years?
0: The um the like the, the the sausage roll guy.
1: <laughs> yeah, Lad Baby. Yes. Lad well, Baby.
0: I mean, every interview I've ever seen with Lad Baby, like the first one was a joke, and then he's been like I had to come up with an idea that I artistically felt <laughs> 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 merited, like making into a song. And he gives all of the proceeds to charity, doesn't he? Yeah, like, yeah. Absolutely can't knock it. It's no, hundred percent. A magical mix of terrible music, giving to charity, and artistic integrity in the most insane way. Um speaking of artistic integrity
1: (laughs) right yeah okay okay yeah go on hit me with it your laugh makes me feel very reassured in what you're about to say dan
0: uh this was my uh incredible transition into talking about lost el rio and the macarena (laughs) (laughs) I, i think you know sometimes you come out with a song and it does well and you go that's great we're going to continue to produce new stuff and sometimes you sometimes you stick around for the next 30 odd years producing the same song over and over again and tacking it onto the end of every album just to make sure (laughs) there's one good song in there i'm not gonna say which of those lost el rio has done i'm gonna say that a Macarena Christmas exists. <laughs> uh, possibly my favorite Christmas song did not make it to number one, but it is a Christmas song version of uh, uh, um, genuinely one of the best songs of all time.
1: Oh, that's a bold claim. You would you would go out there. And have this recorded and say that the Macarena is a worldie. <laughs> the Macarena is
0: one of the best songs of all time.
1: It wow.
0: definitely, I think, the greatest one-hit wonder of all time. VH1 agreed in 2002. Have there been that many more great one-hit wonders since
1: 2002? Um, The Cheeky Girls. Ooh. That, that was... Uh, again it's it's the fact that i'm having to clutch at straws though is not yeah. ideal the macarena definitely was a great one hit wonder i can't can you think of any more one hit wonders realistically since about 2004
0: i don't know it's difficult with the sort of with, with youtube with the ease of sort of following a band even when nothing else has been picked up by them you know no uh, gang gangnam style side has yes made it into the charts in the uk again that i know of but is it a one-hit wonder when realistically he's produced plenty of other stuff that you could go and listen to on youtube and probably has many thousands of views
1: i think it comes down to the fact that each market's slightly different isn't it right so like with yeah. i think Psy's a great example because obviously Gangnam Style was the first video on YouTube to hit a billion views, which is genuinely mind-blowing. Because there was that whole race between Justin Bieber with, I think it was Baby, and Gangnam Style back in the day. And that was the race, was between those two videos to see who could hit the top. But obviously, I think that Psy is going to, being a K-pop artist, is going to be a lot more popular in, like, Korea, obviously. In South Korea, especially. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, you know, he's definitely going to be a lot more popular back in uh, back in South Korea. Which I imagine means that he's still got millions and millions and millions of views on his other songs that he's done as well. I mean, he had I not say,
0: but I just genuinely... You know, The Macarena is, I think, a better one-hit wonder than any of those. It's, I think, genuinely, instantly recognisable by almost anyone. Yeah. Regardless of age. I think uh-huh. that... I think the thing about the Macarena is if you were to break down what makes a good song or makes a good pop song in terms of, like, facts, instant recognizability, it's got it. Sure. On every playlist. It's got it. It Gets people (laughs) up and dancing. It's got it. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm on board. There's certainly a sort of extra sort of sense to fulfilling all of these requirements that perhaps the Macarena is missing. But that's where a Macarena Christmas comes in. (laughs) (laughs) See, the issue with the Macarena is that in between the chorus and the dance, there is the words. And no one knows the words. (laughs) The words in fact change in each remix, because they tried to remix to like match up to how music was doing in the countries and markets, the remixes were aimed at, yeah. no one knows the words. Not even uh, Lost El Rio themselves, the artists behind it. No. If you watch the music video to Macarena Christmas, no. there is a chorus pulled from the original and both of them are very clearly just opening and closing their mouths without making words. <laughs> no one knows the words, no one knows the lyrics so why not just knock out a bunch of those verses and replace them with all of your favorite christmas like hits not hits uh classic christmas (laughs) tunes
1: and is this what the christmas macarena does
0: (laughs) i've made you listen to it enough times do you need to listen to it some more
1: I mean, both, this is, this is definitely a way for me to be able to listen to it more. And also for us to be able to tell the viewers just about the beauty that is the Christmas Macarena. I definitely give it a recommendation to go and listen Macarena
0: Christmas Joy Mix, just sneak it onto the playlist of the next thing you're going to. It doesn't matter what the next thing you're going to is. It doesn't matter what time of year it is. <laughs> um, it will improve any playlist. And I am willing to personally guarantee that.
1: That's a today in the medium guarantee. That's from both of us. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's I'm. uh, I'm genuinely speechless over the over the Macarena, the fact that they made a Christmas Macarena, the fact that they don't know the lyrics to their own song just really makes it for me. And it genuinely makes it feel like that meme song we've all been looking out for for a Christmas special. Right.
0: I, I love it. I think it's possibly the greatest thing. You know, I'd argue that we should make it Christmas number one this year, but I'm not. Two years' time, it will be 30 years since the Macarena itself was first released.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, right? We give ourselves two years, we make ourselves one of the biggest podcasts going, and then we use all of the viewers that we have to push for the Christmas Macarena to be number one. How's that? So if you're That's listening the
0: plan. and you've got some sort of clout, you need to grow it. The next two years, it's on you to grow. Because 2023 this is... is the year we make the Macarena Christmas joy mix Christmas number one, okay, viewers, listeners? This,
1: this is the aim. This is the goal for what we're pushing for. We all need to all be on the same page for this. Let's go for it. We can do this.
0: This is what the podcast is all about. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, God.
0: So, uh, before we go, Jimmy... I've got a really important question for you.
1: Okay, okay. What's this important question?
0: With one hour of prep time.
1: Okay, okay.
0: How many lions do you believe? Santa Claus, Saint Nicholas himself, the big guy, I'm struggling to think of more words for it, Father Christmas. Yep. How many lions do you reckon he could fight?
1: Oh, You know, right, okay. This is this is a very interesting point. And I've, so first things first, we've got to take a look at the assets that Santa's got access to, right? Santa has got one of the largest toy factories ever. Like surely it's got to be because there's no way he produces toys and presents and gifts for all of the children yeah, all over the planet, right? Surely, and then he's got enough elves to be able to station this. The man's bigger than Amazon, okay? Is what I'm trying to say. He yeah. has got a lot of workers. So the fact is, Santa also travels so fast. Otherwise, how is he delivering all of these presents? So there's yeah, genuine what's question- really
0: important about this is that even if he can't use his super speed in battle, yep. in his hour of prep time, he can ferry all of the elves, even using only an eight reindeer sleigh.
1: Exactly. Eight, eight reindeer? So real- Nine? Nine? Duncan. uh i should dance a prancer vixen comic cupid don and rudolph yeah nine and then i think they start to introduce like rudolph's girlfriend and a bunch of other stuff so maybe it's up to 12 by now who really knows you know <laughs> uh, either way it's like least eight right yeah so all, all the elves are definitely ready to go all the elves are gonna die for santa as well because that's just the way that this system works It's because they're in a very oppressive society and somebody should really do something about the elves okay right we need to Like, there needs to be a union meeting or something like that. I'm not too sure. Either way, thankfully, that doesn't come into play for this conversation. Um, Ethical problems aside, (laughs) how do we feel about recruiting the children? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I mean, for this hypothetical conversation, I'm fairly certain that children... I don't want to go out and say this, but there's going to be children that would want to die for Santa, right? Surely... Like... I think every Christmas film proves that not only
0: will children die for Santa, but also that just by dropping like an elf or two off with them, provided that the fight happens at some point near Christmas, yeah, I think within that hour of prep time, he could have a small army of children who are all capable of doing insane feats just to save Christmas, because that's what every Christmas film is. Okay, you can't tell me now, they've all lied to me.
1: No, okay, no, you know what? That's actually a very good point that I'd never actually considered. I think that that's such a good point. I mean, you look at films like Home Alone. Like, this kid outsmarts two grown adults. Now, okay, you know, let's not admit they're not the smartest kids in the world. However, they're definitely going to be smarter than a bunch of lions, I imagine, right? Which means that they can, like, they are going to MacGyver some situations. Like, they are going to be crazy. I mean, there's the fact that I've seen a bunch of them which saved their parents' divorce. You know, and that isn't particularly a small feat. Like that's not an easy thing to go ahead and do. No. So, like, you know, anything's possible when it comes to Christmas time. I wanna set what's the population of the lions? How many okay. lions are there on Earth? <laughs> and we've covered this last
0: time. In the oh. in the challenge there are infinite lions because yeah. Okay, cool. Because they're hypothetical, because we support the conservation of lions on today in the medium. So <laughs> Back to killing
1: lions. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very counterintuitive point, isn't it? Um, right, okay. Surely we can hit... I, we could, we could, I reckon we could easily take a couple million lions. Easy. I think Santa's the OG. Like, surely he's going to be top of the charts. Okay, so they reckon 25% of
0: the world's population is about age 0 to 14, which is 2 billion children. So that's, what, it's got to be at least 200 million elves to make that many presents.
1: Yeah.
0: Let's say a billion children who are of fighting age, which is, as we know, (laughs) seven and up. (laughs) 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 So I think an elf is worth more than a child in a fight. I think an elf can take out a lion on their own. So that's 200 million lions.
1: Yeah, Um, oh, yeah, that's a lot of lions.
0: How how many children do we think it takes to take down a lion? I'd say uh, three. Three? I reckon
1: three children to take down one lion is a fair fight. And the thing is, like...
0: we make it four so I don't have to divide by three?
1: (laughs) Yeah, okay, that's fine. That's nice and easy. I would say two. Like, they're aged seven to 14, aren't they?
0: Yeah, I I think you need quite a few of them to take down a lion.
1: Yeah, four's probably about right.
0: And that's with the special powers they get by uh, being helping Santa in the lead up to
1: Christmas. (laughs) Exactly, right? This Uh, is to save Christmas.
0: You know, they've got to work as a team, because that's what's important. (laughs) That's the true meaning of Christmas. Um, (laughs) So that's what, another 250 million? So we're at 450 million lions, without factoring in the big guy himself. Exactly. How many lions solo can la- sound to take
1: how many lines what, solo what his
0: skills? i think the speed might be the sleigh, you know
1: okay so you're not giving i'm, I'm all- not
0: sure that the speed can be used in a combat situation
1: i don't i think if you fly through those lines they're not going to have a fun dime.
0: yeah but what toy can he give out that's going to like lego Ooh.
1: lego controls
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lego so controls right They ain't getting near him. I feel like at this point, all he's doing is making sure that some of the children survive. And for that, we salute you, Santa.
1: (laughs) Yep. Absolutely Um, goaded performance from you in this run. I think, um... you know,
0: skills wise, he can fit down chimneys. Possibly not useful. Um, (laughs) Just thinking of Anos and Ant Man.
1: No, (laughs) That was one of my favourite theories at the time, side point. That was so funny.
0: Fit down chimneys, not useful. Speed, I don't feel like is a combat skill. So I think it's just how much endurance do we think a man who has approximately, what, half a billion sherrys in one night has? That's a lot of endurance.
1: That's a lot of constitution, surely.
0: He's Uh, not going down easy.
1: No, no, definitely not.
0: Or do we assume that he focuses himself on just making things easier for everyone else, which allows us to stick with that 450 million figure?
1: Like, uh, acting as a bit of a support hero. I say if we do that, though, then we have to bump the numbers that they can can get up to. I think we're
0: still bumping a fair amount, saying an elf can take...
1: on a lion. Fine, you know, fine. surely.
0: Yeah, but it, is Santa required to provide the magic of Christmas?
1: Yes. Okay, fine, fine. So we say if 450 Santa million.
0: the magic of Christmas, that means 450 million lions can be slaughtered.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just as a, just as a quick reference point for this, that is the population of Russia, Germany, the UK, France, and Italy put together.
0: It's a lot of lot
1: of lions that's a lot of lions that is that's you, world war world war l you know
0: where are you <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of lions
1: that's a that's a lot of lions but santa is also one of the most powerful things going surely i think that this makes complete sense Santa's real
0: of course yeah um So I've had a really fun time. (laughs) (laughs) I think this is going to be a real interesting episode. So let us know if you liked it, viewers. And uh, if you didn't, we can get someone booked in for next Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Now, without a guest, we can't ask them to plug out a thing. What we will say is that you're listening to this podcast. Thank you so much. Do share it if your podcast app has a review system. We appreciate the reviews if you yourself would like to appear on an episode of the podcast there are links to our discord server to our facebook page and stuff all over if you google today in the medium if you go to the links in the description of this podcast episode get in contact with us we'd love to chat with you about your favorite piece of media
1: unless we've already had
0: it because we're checking them off we're going to make it through all the media ever
1: Every single media ever. This is it. not going to do that, that with
0: repeats, it. though. Gosh.
1: <laughs> How much time do you think we have? Gosh.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Um, and Have a great Christmas and a Happy New Year. It's been a pleasure.